0: You must be at least 18 years of age to listen to the following podcast. Hi, you're listening to Sexual Heroes with host Robert Black. That's me. And this is podcast number 12 with very special guest, Miss Coco Peru. Miss Coco Peru is an award winning actress, writer, and storyteller slash monologist. She has appeared in feature films, on television, and on stage all over the world. My partner Ken and I have had the pleasure of watching Miss Coco perform live on several occasions, and the cult classic Girls Will Be Girls is a favorite of ours. Hi, Miss Coco. Hello, how are you? I'm great. How are you tonight?
1: I'm very good. A little toasty warm down here in Los Angeles.
0: Oh, well, I'm a little further south of you.
1: I know you're in San Diego. I was supposed to come there tomorrow, but we canceled our trip.
0: Oh, it's been humid.
1: (laughs) Um, I like humid. It's good for my skin.
0: (laughs) I want you to know I'm so starstruck. I'm very nervous.
1: Oh, well, don't be nervous. Okay. I feel better
0: now. I just had to say it.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, I know. I remember the first time I ever went on a j- date. That was the first thing I told my... Turned out to be a boyfriend. I said, I just want you to know I'm terribly nervous.
0: <laughs> did it
1: help? It did. And, okay. and then he said he was nervous, too, and then we had a delightful time. Uh,
0: so, for the people who are going to be listening to this who don't know the, difference, uh, the different transgender terms and and some of the nuances behind them. Can you, You're you a drag queen, correct? Is that the right correct. term? Correct, yes. So someone might say, well, isn't that the same as a transvestite? What do you say to
1: that? Well, I don't know really about transvestite. I mean, I know like a transgendered person is someone who feels like they are were born into the wrong body, and a crossdresser is someone who sort of maybe perhaps get sexually turned on wearing the opposite um, gender clothing. Um, and then drag queens are usually gay men who dress up in women's clothes to entertain.
0: To entertain. That's kind of yeah. a key element. But are do you consider your, yourself part of the transgender community?
1: I do. Yeah, okay. Yes. Yep. I do. And especially because, for me, when I was growing up, gender was all very confusing for me Um, I remember being very young and always drawn to girl toys and wanted girl toys and uh, I never asked for them or would figure out ways to play with them you know either my neighbor I fortunately had a a neighbor who was a lesbian who had like an enormous Barbie doll collection that she could give a shit about (laughs) And there I had my G.I. Joe collection, and we you know, we were perfect together. We would just swap toys. Um, and then my niece, who was close in age, uh, she was more like a sister to me. I, I played a lot with her toys behind closed doors. But I, uh, So gender for me was very confusing. And then um, I remember in the 70s, um, they started talking about transsexuals and i thought well maybe that's what i am i was supposed to be born a a girl because i've always wanted girl toys and i loved dresses and i always wanted to play with other girls but then um and i knew i loved boys but then as i you know got older i became more comfortable with being gay and then um, definitely uh still had this longing to express myself though and and i didn't i didn't Feel like the world was black and white. I felt like things were more fluid, and drag sort of helped me address that part of my life.
0: So, when was the first time that you started to dress up?
1: Well, as a a kid, I used to sneak into my mother's, you know, drawers and put on earrings, and I loved her scarves collection. (laughs) Um, and then later in college, I dressed up one night, um, but it was Halloween.
0: Ah, yeah, it's always excusable on Halloween.
1: Yeah, and it wasn't even good drag. I mean, it was really bad, 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 almost, I would say, boy drag. Uh-huh. And, you know, because it was, um, what's-his-name was popular at the time, from Culture Cup, Boy George. So it was sort of like almost that kind of drag. Right.
0: That sort of androgynous thing.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And then later, when I I, I sort of got, got to this point in my life and, saw charles bush in a play and thought that it was amazing mm-hmm. and also drag scared me i mean i used to go to gay bars and i was terrified of the drag queens um but his type of drag was you know theater and i was very drawn i was a theater major so i, I loved what he was doing and then um so i started thinking about it and I created Cobra and did Coco, and, and then became a part of the drag world that I was so terrified of. I think I was terrified of it as well because there was a part of me that didn't want to admit to wanting to dress in drag and, and, and express that part of myself and when I finally became comfortable with that and um, said it out loud I actually said that I was going to be a drag queen and, and, and just stating that all of a sudden everything in my life just fell into place Mm. It was, for me, I have to say, and this is, always sounds corny, but I, you know, people talk about having a religious calling or, you know, calling to, to something, and I felt that. I felt like I had a calling to drag, and as soon as I, you know, answered the call, it was, it, I had never experienced that in my life where everything started snowballing and everything, I just knew everything was going to work out. That's so great. And it seems silly, you know, because it's drag, but... Truly, it it was just everything everything became very focused in that moment of my life.
0: Well, let's back up for a second. You said that uh, drag was very scary, and I think that I think that drag queens do scare some people.
1: Why why is that? Well, drag for me was scary. I think it scares people for a lot of different reasons. Drag for me was scary. One reason was because there were parts of myself that I was very sh- uh, ashamed about. And I think growing up in the Bronx and being called a sissy and a girl boy and 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 being ostracized because I was effeminate, the last thing I wanted to do was address that and, and admit to having those feminine qualities. Mm-hmm. But when I finally became secure and I was around in the gay community enough, and I, um, I you know, I, and then you know, I did start to go to gay bars and, and meet drag queens. Um, I I started to feel more comfortable with it and definitely seeing Charles Gorsh I thought okay I can do this This is Mm -hmm. something I can address
0: so he was really a role model
1: yes definitely and what's great is that we later became uh, friends and uh, and I loved that and I also fell in love with uh, Julie Halston who was in his shows and she became a friend and um, my boyfriend's saying goodbye goodbye bye and drive safely, okay? All right. Um, and then uh, we became friends, and I loved something that he and Julie said, was that uh, Coco Peru was the love child of Charles Bush and Julie Austin. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't know who Julie Austin is, she's, she's hilarious, and she's got a very thick New York accent, which is sometimes very similar to mine.
0: I'll be googling her right after this interview. <laughs> um, would it be safe to say that you are living every drag queen's dream?
1: Oh, I don't know, because uh, you know, I, I. It's very funny because when you're going about your own life, you, um, you're thinking of all the things you should be doing, and uh, you know, dreams that haven't been fulfilled, and, and. Suddenly, I'll get an email from somebody who lives in the middle of the country somewhere who wants to be a drag queen, and they're looking up to me mm-hmm. as if I'm doing everything that they've always dreamed of doing. And then it it hits me, thinking, "Wow, well, I, you know, I do have a great life. I I get to travel. I people uh, enjoy my work. I get nice emails from people." Um, so suddenly it, it hits me. But when you're going from your day to day reality, sometimes it it looks bleak, but it, then all of a sudden, something like an email from someone like that will make me realize that I have so much to be grateful for.
0: You have a truly a glamour
1: job. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, when you see my, my room, actually my partner and I moved into a new house, and uh, I have my own room now for Coco, and he's so happy because... <laughs> when the drag queen explodes in here, he doesn't have to deal with the mess.
0: I've been around uh, Chi-Chi LaRue. I know what it means when a drag queen
1: explodes. You know, I love (laughs) Chi-Chi LaRue. Every time someone mentions her name, I just get a little happy. Um,
0: Some people have the opposite reaction.
1: I'm sure they do, but... (laughs) She well, she's very sweet to me. Whenever I see her, yeah, and he's just got this wonderful laugh that always makes me happy. So, how much
0: time do you spend as Coco when you're not performing?
1: Not too often. I mean, I really, I, I have to say, don't really love putting all of the makeup and stuff on. Um, so when I'm not performing, I'm or going to a party where I've been asked to come as Coco, I'm usually not. Dressed as Coco. I mean, I've done it a few times where I'll I'll wake up in the morning and I'll think, you know, I think I need to be Coco today, and I'll just go out. You know, mm-hmm. I'll go shopping or I'll go to you know for a walk through my neighborhood and just <laughs> just, just to experience that, <laughs> you know, and see people's reactions, and it just makes me um, it empowers me on some level. And also, I always say this, but it's true. There's inevitably any time I go out in the world. Maybe maybe it'll get less as I'm getting older, but men always pull over and think that I'm a hooker, <laughs> um, which thrills me to death. And I, I just love that uh, someone actually I'm
0: a <laughs> That's it's a huge compliment, isn't it? Oh,
1: I think it's great. I literally came home one day with about five phone numbers and I threw <laughs> them at my husband and I said, honey, if things ever get tough, there's always options.
0: That's right. <sighs> Where? Uh, who, who's the toughest crowd or can it, either a type of audience, whether it be lesbians or straight people or whoever it might be, or the toughest place that you've ever played?
1: Um, I find that, if, first of all, I need like at least 75 per- to 80% of the audience must be gay people because if, if it's too heavily straight... They don't get it. They don't get it or they're, they're, they they're need permission to laugh. Uh-huh. So um, I find that I need a lot of gay people in my audience to get it going, you know, to get the straight people at least. Right. to say this is okay to laugh here because like, they get it and then they can sort of relax and laugh. <laughs> do lesbians get it? Yeah, I have a huge um, lesbian following and oh. they, they do get it and they're always like, they kind of even had lesbians like with crushes on Coco, <laughs> which is lovely and so yeah I, I love my lesbian audience and I, I think it's great when lesbians actually, um you know, actually have said to me um that they always have this really negative reaction to drag and they always, you know, thought drag was insulting to women but um they sort of rethought it after seeing my show, which I think is great.
0: See, you but, you you've become the role model.
1: Well, but I always felt like gay, I you know, when I first came out I I, I went to a gay bar and I said, Where well, are all the women? And 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 these gay men were, you know, shocked that I asked that because it was you know, women had their own bars and we didn't hang out mm-hmm. together and I that I never felt comfortable with that so um, I, I i like a a nice mix, and I like that at my audience as well. Can you
0: talk about some of your upcoming gigs? I know uh, one interesting thing is the uh the new the cruise line
1: yeah, I've been working with a company called Travel Pride, and um they're based out of fort Lauderdale, and the kind of trips that they offer are are um different than most of the other types of cruises that are geared towards gay people it's uh they're on smaller ships, so usually there's only uh, about 150 to maybe 200 guests.
0: Oh, that's nice.
1: It's really nice, and you, and um, they're a little bit more upscale, so they're of course a little more expensive. But in so sometimes the the crowd can be um, a little bit older, mm-hmm. and usually it's um, more couples. But there are younger people on the trip, and there are single people on the trip. But uh, the the thing that I love about it the most is that um, people get to know each other, and I've remained friends with a lot of people that I've that have been on the on the on the trips.
0: Do they and, own their own boats, or no? They don't.
1: They just uh, they, mm-hmm. they charter boats, and um,
0: but it, it's, it's one hundred percent gay.
1: Yeah. Yes. Uh, although this past trip to France, there was one um, straight girl that came on it with a gay friend of hers. Oh, they allowed that, huh? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, she was great.
0: (laughs) Uh, Anything else that you'd like to mention and to plug?
1: Well, that I'm going to... um, This uh, next week, I'll be in P-Town for one one or two nights. I love P-Town. Then I fly to Rehoboth Beach in Delaware. Then I'll be in Ogunquit, Maine. Then in September, I'll be in Seattle... And then I'm going up to San Francisco for three weeks to perform at the Raz Room, which used to be the Plush Room, but they moved it and built this new space called the Raz Room. And I'll be there for three weeks.
0: Wow! I wish I could be there.
1: I know you'll be missed. You got to find a space for me down in San Diego. I've never performed there. Ugh. But uh, I'll get uh, there one of these days. I'm going
0: Well, if anyone's listening to this and they they uh, have some connections here, they uh, they need to. To make that happen,
1: and and how is your uh, this 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 new venture of yours going? The sexual heroes. Oh well, ah,
0: you know, a few months ago I didn't know anything about podcasting, and then boom, it was uh, it was like a, a, I caught it as high as number nine on the chart in under health and sexuality under in the iTunes. So <laughs> you know that was a big deal for me. It's it's uh, you know it's not a big deal, but it was. It was nice to see that, so I know a yeah. lot of people are listening.
1: That's wonderful. And I'm thrilled that I'm being considered a sexual hero. You are. You are, you are definitely a <laughs> hero to a hero lot
0: of a people, lot of I'm people. sure.
1: You know, I once got an email from an 11-year-old who had seen my logo special. Oh, with, I'm sure his parents he, were thrilled. He watched it with his parents. Oh. 11 years old, he watched it with his parents, and he wrote me an email to thank me for everything that I do for the LGBT community. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I wanted to write back, first of all, how the fuck does an 11-year-old know what the LGBT community is? But I was really moved. <laughs> uh, I, I was a little terrified, too, because, you know, 11-year-old, I just wrote, well, thank you and good luck in school. <laughs> but um, the world is changing. I guess Hopefully for the better. Yeah. Although it doesn't always seem that way, but... We must remain hopeful, I guess.
0: Well, thank you very much, Miss Coco.
1: Well, thank you, Robert, and I, I hope to see you in San Diego.
0: I hope so. I hope sooner than later. Do you ever take that later. big
1: hike down to Black Beach?
0: Oh, I did it once. <laughs> I I almost didn't make it back up. They almost had to get the chopper.
1: That's a stir. Uh, I used to go there a lot, and then we were going to go there um, <laughs> tomorrow, uh. and. We canceled the trip because I we were both so lazy. I said, you know, I don't know if I'll make it back up the side of that cliff.
0: Miss Coco wouldn't go on natural, would
1: she? Well, I don't think Coco would, no. But, but you but, might
0: go with I might incognito
1: go. Yes. on natural. Oh. You know, I saw two sharks on that beach. They but they but were uh, There's an article today in the L.A. Times about the very sharks that I saw. Wow. They're called leopard sharks. They're bottom feeders. Of course, I didn't know that as I was standing up to my waist in water and two, like, four-foot sharks swam.
0: So they don't eat, They won't eat tops? They'll only eat bottoms? <laughs> they only eat bottoms. <laughs> <laughs> then I have nothing to worry about.
1: <laughs> you have nothing to worry about. Honey, <laughs> I mean, you need to make that trip back down there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, thank you, and uh, good luck with everything.
0: You'll find a glamorous photo of Ms. Coco, along with a link to her website, which includes a detailed professional biography, at sexualheroes.com. Music in this podcast is from the Podshow Podsafe Music Network. Check it out at music.podshow.com.